Tyler. Me. We're still salty about Game of Thrones. Yeah, fuck that series. <laughs> so they, uh, they announced some casting for that uh, House of Dragon prequel. So oh can, boy. Yeah, so they cast uh, younger versions of uh, Princess Targaryen and someone else here. But, yeah, I think we've talked about this before, like, I shouldn't have ill will about this prequel show, because it's made by completely different people, and it's a different story, and all of that, yet I'm still hesitant to watch it, because I'm still pissed about Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's not high on my priority list at all. I don't know if I'll ever fucking get into it, or if I'm just gonna walk away from fucking Thrones forever. Which is funny because, like, I would love to have a Game of Thrones good show again, but, like, I'm still mad about Game of Thrones. If that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. Like, when Game of Thrones was good, it was like an event. Yeah, it's not anymore. Right? And there's so too many, there's too many fucking spinoffs. That's the goddamn problem. They got, like, eight in the fucking works. Like, I don't understand how they think they're buying good fucking will from the people with this shit, but I was reading too, um, and this is what I found this interesting. They only had this uh House of Dragon prequel is the only one that they have greenlit. So they have all the other ones, but it's like they haven't greenlit any of the other ones yet. Hmm. So it's like I think it's like pitching ideas. But apparently this is the only one that they've like given the go ahead to be like, yo cast and start going. So hmm. but uh but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll watch it when it comes out, but like, it's kind of amazing how much that fucking show did dirty to the fans where it's like, I don't even want to watch something that isn't even like, it's not even tied to it in the slightest other than it's in the same universe. And yet everyone is just like, eh. yeah, don't, I just, I don't fucking care about it anymore. I mean, I'll wait for reviews and shit to come out, but I've got no no fucking hope. The worst part about it is like, you know how Game of Thrones kind of started slow? Where mm-hmm. it was like, it, it kind of took a while for you to get into it, but then once you got into it, it was like really good. Yeah. The sad part about how they butchered the fans for that is fans won't give it give this show a shot if it takes a little bit to get going. No, right? for sure. Absolutely. Like, that's the sad part is like, if I watch this, like, if this doesn't get me like kind of into some juicy plot points that I want to see within the first like two or three episodes, eh, how much more of that am I going to watch? Well, I can't speak for you, but for me, none. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's, that's the sad part too, is like the creators of this prequel are getting it dirty because of the people before them. Right. Yeah, which is, I guess, the unfortunate part because they did nothing wrong. But, but yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Don't have high expectations though. That's my fucking standpoint on it. Yep. In other news, looks like uh, Michelle Yeoh joining the uh, Witcher prequel series. Yeah. So they're doing like an anime prequel series, which I'm probably not going to watch because I don't like anime, but yeah, I don't know. Just yeah. Cool. There's a casting. I honestly don't really have much to say about that. 
yeah, pretty much. Other than I, I like that they're doing Witcher stuff, but an anime isn't my my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And then, so I like those Fast and the Furious movies, but a spinoff based on Charlize Theron's character sounds fucking stupid. And that just got announced. Yeah. Like, I get it. The movies make bank and they want to capitalize on that, but I don't think this is a good idea. No, I'm not into it at all. No. Like, I... They're, they're gonna fucking squeeze every drop of blood from that fucking stone, though. I mean, like, I can't say this surprises me even in the fucking least. Oh, no. Like, the, the, it makes so much money that, of course, you're gonna fucking churn out whatever you can, right? Yeah. I'm not interested in seeing this at all. I'm not really interested in this franchise at all anymore, to be honest, but they're gonna keep doing what they're gonna keep doing. I'm still on board for the main franchise, but I, I'm not on board for these spin-offs. Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm over all of it. <laughs> That's fair. It's just, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair argument. I totally understand. I'm I'm more curious, like, why Charlie's their own signed on for this. I don't know either. Probably for a fat fucking paycheck. Yeah, that would I'm, definitely I'm guessing be it. She, I'm guessing she's pulling in bank from these movies. But but yeah. No thanks. No. Well, we also got uh, Netflix just bought Tinder Swindler. Yeah. It's a true a, crime documentary? Yeah. Con man who lured women using the popular dating app and then tricked them out of millions of dollars. Yeah. This kind of seems interesting. Yeah, I'm intrigued. You have my attention, Netflix. I mean, it's Netflix true crime. Like, we're going to watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty much in for all their true crime shit. So, yeah. I think this is all right. I mean, this is a very relevant one. Mm-hmm. In the age of Tinder and, and all that bullshit. So, it's... Yeah. I think this is all right. This is in their wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't really know if there's a whole lot else to fucking go off on this other than they're going to do it, but... Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Zack Snyder's got his next movie. A sci-fi adventure called Rebel Moon, which is also going to be at Netflix. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting one because... So I was reading an interview with him, and he originally did a pitch um, to Disney for a Star Wars movie that was kind of like Samurai. And they didn't want to do it because they were like, that's not in their wheelhouse. And so he went, okay, I'm still going to make it and I'm still going to make it Star Wars. I'm just going to change the name. Hmm. So he's like, I want to make like a sci-fi, like people with laser swords doing samurai stuff, kind of like Star Wars. And he wanted to do it as Star Wars, but they didn't let him. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to do it and not call it Star Wars. Interesting. Which I think is kind of fucking hilarious. The story is set in motion when a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy is threatened by the armies of a tyrannical regent named Belisarius? Sounds right. And then they send out 
people, young women, they dispatch young women with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. Hmm? I'm intrigued. Yeah, that seems alright. I mean, I, I bet this will look very good, like all his movies do. So, yeah, sure. Yeah. And coming to Netflix, so I mean, also a win. Yeah. Pretty much. And it looks like it's official that Last of Us is going to have 10 episodes, which I don't it, really think comes as a surprise. I think for a while we've kind of yeah. heard and known that it's going to be a 10-episode series. Yeah, 10 episodes seems seems right. Yeah. So. Yeah, because that, that show is full-blown shooting right now. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I can't wait. It's, uh, yeah. I think, I think that show is going to be good. Because they got all the right people. God, I hope it's good. Me too. I think it will be. HBO's got the right people in it, so. Not really much more to that. No. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Do you remember how Margot Robbie is doing that fucking Barbie movie? Yeah. Yeah. She's got a director. Uh, Greta Gerwig? The name's not really ringing a bell. She did like that, uh... Oh, it's like the some artsy um, Oscar movie. What was it? Little Women and Lady oh, Bird. Oh, yeah. Which I never watched those, but... I mean, they, no, won some. they had a lot of Oscar buzz, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I think they took them some awards, so... So they're going to go from, like, Oscar-worthy contention-type films to a fucking Mattel Barbie movie. Yeah. Well, what the fuck is a Barbie movie? Is it about you... Is it about how the person made them, or is it literally going to be Margot Robbie playing the Barbie? I don't know. I honestly, either which way they decide to uh, go with that, I'm not interested in either, to be completely honest. No, like, I don't give a fuck about either. No. But, I mean, like, and she's, like, I'm reading this article, and she's like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a lot of exciting ways to attack this, and I read that going, like, there's exciting ways to attack a Barbie movie? Like, what? I mean, maybe that's not why I'm a film director, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, hey. There's if you that. want. Yep. <laughs> what else do we got? Looks like uh, Dark Winds is coming to AMC. Yeah. The series adaptation with George R. R. Martin and Robert Redford are producing. Okay. And Zan McLarnan and Kiowa Gordon to star, which I'm not really familiar with either of those names. And I think George R. R. Martin just needs to chill the fuck out. He seems to be doing everything but writing that book. Yeah. Well, and that's that's fucking it in a goddamn nutshell. Like this guy's been trying to write this book for fucking however, but you see him, he's producing this and writing that and bringing this to fucking fruition and it's like dude i think he's just doing all this shit so he doesn't have to write the fucking book yeah i remember uh i think i was on like the book subreddit or something one day and i remember reading 
someone made a thread about like, hey, this is what's happened in the world since he announced he was starting writing the book. And like they went down on some stuff and they were like, at the time he started writing the book, uh, Disney hadn't bought Marvel yet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? It was just like, wow, okay. That's a, that's a long time ago. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, this show kind of seems all right. The tagline they're giving us. A psychological thriller that follows two police officers in the 1970s following a grisly double murder case. That's like, sounds kind of true detective-ish. That could be all right. Yeah, I'll be interested to see a little bit more. My problem is, is like, there's too many of these fucking mystery suspense cop dramas and they all tend to fucking follow the same trend. And having recently finished Mayor of Easttown, which was by all accounts pretty much like the same fucking plot as what this is going to be, and this is landing on AMC, who doesn't have a record of making quality shit anymore. No. I like, I don't know. I like I'm, the one I'm hesitant. Uh the one thing that kind of gives me hope is like remember amc did that show with joel kinnerman the cop one yeah and then, and then they got, got rid sold. of it yeah they eventually yeah. got rid of it but like they can do good cop shows i guess but i don't know if they still how can long ago not. was that though that how was long? like a good fucking yeah. decade at this point yeah that was and that show was really good like i really liked it but yeah that would have been a while ago because that was no one had even heard of joel kinnerman then yeah so, so that would have been five Seven years? Maybe more? Forgive me if I have little to no fucking faith in AMC doing anything worth watching right now. Yeah. Yeah, they need to, like, get people back in their good graces. Which, maybe they will, now that they're getting away from fucking Walking Dead. That'd be cool. But, I don't know if they will or not. No, well, I mean, they seem to be churning out a lot, because speaking of AMC, they're doing a another sci-fi thriller series called Moonhaven. Yeah, with Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh, sure? Yeah, I don't Follows know. a lunar cargo pilot and smuggler 100 years in the future. So... I mean, I'm happy that sci-fi TV is coming back. I just don't know if I want it back on AMC. Yeah, it, AMC is like quickly becoming like one of those networks where it's like, oh, great, it's going to AMC. That's not going to last or that won't turn out very good. Which is hilarious because seven years ago, if something was going to AMC, you were like, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Right. And then like, yeah. I'll be curious if AMC can like get back to what they had before or not. Well, I mean, they got those two that we just talked about coming out. So, I yeah. mean... Maybe. Like, I'll give them the, like, I'll check some of these things out. I'm just not hopeful. Yeah. I don't yeah. have high expectations. Yeah. And I like Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. I actually started really rewatching Lost lately, and he's in it. He's he's really good in that. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. I'll check it out. And then we got some uh, interesting kind of businessy news from Marvel. They're saying they're no longer doing the multi kind of film contract deals. 
I don't know how I feel about that. So the reasoning they're giving it is like so that they don't lock people in that aren't wanting to do it. So basically he's saying like, we're not going to lock like to some people after a few movies, they're like, ah, man, I'm tired of being this character. So I'm just going to maybe phone this in or something like that. So they're kind of saying like, if we maybe structure these deals a little bit more flexible, then we get people that actually want to play the part. Yeah. But my concern with that is like my favorite part about Marvel and the Marvel universe is their continuity. Yeah. And when you don't have, like, if you don't lock Chris Evans in or fucking Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, and they want to go do these other fucking things, then you, then they, by all accounts, won't return for these roles. And that just kind of fucks things up because, like, like, I mean, before Chris Evans was Captain America, he wasn't exactly a big fucking star. Like, he did the human fucking torch, but that really didn't get him anywhere. No. And then he does Captain America, he starts getting all this, and now he's popping up all over the place right and good for him like he is a good actor and he deserves all of that but if he wasn't locked into this contract maybe after the first two movies where he played captain america and got this kind of like steam behind him he's like all right well i got all these other things i'm i don't want to be captain america anymore that that changes the entire narrative that changes the entire fucking phase lineup the way these movies link together and that potentially, my fear is it opens the door for how DC deals with their shitty, shitty, shitty fucking universe where you have this guy playing this character for like one fucking film and then all of a sudden it's you got a completely new one in the next one and then a new one in the next one. And it pulls away and it ruins that universe for me. I can only speak for me, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I find this like weird too because you remember, I think it was... After Civil War, when Robert Downey Jr. almost wasn't coming back as Iron Man because they weren't paying him enough and mm-hmm. his contract ran out. So they had to like structure a whole new contract deal for like that Spider-Man movie and like the two Avengers movies. And they ended up paying him an absolute ass ton of money. But if they didn't, like he probably wouldn't have came back. Yeah. Well, so it's I- like, do you run into that again? Like imagine going into Avengers Endgame and Infinity War without Iron Man. Him and Captain America, or basically those movies, right? Yeah, it definitely opens the door for like a lot of fuckery too, right? Because then you give this, you give someone like a chance, you you get them in, you sign them for a two movie deal. Now they're integral to like you know the next phase and the whole linking of the universe, and they gain some popularity. They're getting offers, and then I was like, oh, you want me to do another one? Yeah. All right. Then- well, guess what? My rate just went up by ten fucking times. Yeah, so then do you get in a situation where all of a sudden Marvel movies are even more expensive to make, right? And they're already not fucking cheap, right? No, and no. Disney's Disney puts money where money needs to fucking go, but I like I have a feeling it'll get to a point where you'll have some actor that was, you know, getting ten million a flick, and you know they're going they want him for a third one, and now he wants eighty million for his fucking role, which then of course if you have other people that aren't like locked into contracts that are like, well if I'm being in this movie and he's getting eighty million, I'm a fucking just as big as a star as him. I should be getting eighty fucking million. And then Disney eventually is gonna go, all right, and we're not fucking paying ridiculous sums here. Fuck off. We'll find new people. And then you lose the fucking continuity that makes the Marvel universe as magical as it is. Yeah. Like, uh, this is good for the actors, but this yeah. could be bad for the fucking universe itself. 
And he does say in here that it does vary from project to project. So I wonder if this is a case of like, hey, if this is like a main person, I bet those multi-year deals are still there in some form. Mm -hmm. But maybe not for everyone. Because like they say, like, like Sam Jackson had like a nine film deal when he first signed on. So like, and like he's integral to the Marvel plot. But like if he wasn't there, like he's not a major character, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe that's what they're getting at is like, hey, these non major characters maybe don't get nine film deals. But maybe if you're like, hey, this is our new Iron Man, maybe you kind of give them like a four or five movie deal because you know they'll be integral. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe they're just done giving everyone a multi year deal. And it's just like, hey, if you're a core person, here's your big multi year deal. If you're like a side character, get fucked. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Uh, interesting we'll nonetheless. Wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I like to think they know what they're doing because they've done well so far. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, in other news, we got an official fucking release date for uh, Witcher season two. I know. December seventeenth. I, I was hoping it was going to be sooner. I don't want to wait that long. Yeah, that lines up with like Christmas holidays and stuff. People yeah. are at home with their families. I imagine that'll do better numbers for them. Yeah. I also like December is like a really good TV month because that'll come out and then that Boba Fett Star Wars show comes out. Mm, yes. So that's like two really cool shows coming out at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, did you ever check this out? I still haven't watched it uh, to okay. be honest. It's good. I've heard that. I've heard lots of people talk about how amazing it is, but I don't know. It just never sits high on my priority list. Fair enough. I'm a big fan of these type of shows, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And then uh, Netflix took another show outside the barn. The uh, King Arthur Fantasy Cursed. Yeah, I never watched it, so I mean, and I can't, did, can't say this I. really hurts me or anything, but... Yeah, like, I, I never gave a shit about the series to begin with, but if you were a fan, that really sucks. Yeah, I've been there, believe me, when they cancel the society, I'm still fucking sour about it, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they... They need to not... They need to stop doing this. They need to quit acting like Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, the old conversation of, like, Netflix wanted to be, like, the new HBO, like, prestige thing, right? It's like, you look at it now, and it's like, there's a reason HBO is still prestige. It's because, like, they don't do shit like this. They yeah. go in and they say, okay, you know, someone had an idea for Mayor of Easttown, and they go, okay, we, we got one season, and we want to do this one thing, and they go, okay. Or, you know, five seasons of succession, and they go, all right, here's your five. Right, mm -hmm. like it's we're not going to cancel you halfway through. Here's your thing. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's what makes prestige is people having the freedom to do that. And Netflix is just like, oh, you want a second season? Get fucked. This random formula told me no one's watching it. So sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'd be. They'll never release it, but I'd be really curious, like what the metrics are that fucking judge it. I think everybody's dying to know what their metrics are. Because it's got to be some weird fucking formula that spits out of a fucking 
database somewhere that hits someone's desk or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good old Netflix. Good old Netflix. And then it looks like uh, Lovecraft Country creator Misha Green just signed an overall deal with Apple. Yeah, which I am totally all right with. Yeah, good for her. So I think we were talking about that last episode, like the show got canceled on HBO or didn't get renewed for what she wanted to do or something. Yeah. And we also talked about how we're now kind of on board with Apple TV. (laughs) Yeah, I'm quickly turning, changing my tune on Apple TV shows. Yeah, me too. Um, so to have her join Apple and maybe do another weird show like Lovecraft Country on Apple, sign me up. Like, I'm totally on board for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that's, that's cool. So I'm really curious to know what her show ends up being. Yeah, I also am intrigued. Because I will... Uh, I'll definitely check it out. And then we got uh, Eddie Redmayne. It's going to do a movie about Cambridge Analytica and all of that bullshit that happened. I am super into this idea. Yeah. That was, that was a fascinating story when it all went down. So I'm into this, especially with the Russo brothers. Yeah. Did you ever watch the documentary on Netflix? Which one? I don't know what one it was, but there's a documentary on it on Netflix. I might have. I've seen a few, so it's hard to say which one I've watched. But I know I've watched at least one that talked about it and showed all the hidden camera footage and stuff when they were like meeting with them. And yeah, yeah, that is a it is a fascinating story of how everyone got fucked with their user data and still does. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it was one of those like documentaries where it's like. You see a thing that is happening that you maybe didn't know that was happening. I mean, both of us are fairly into tech, so we knew this shit was happening, but like normal yeah. people probably don't. Yeah. And it like, I bet if you didn't know that was happening, you would probably have a similar reaction to like, oh, what was that drug one we watched on HBO? Or it's like you watch it and it's like, oh shit, this is happening. Like, it's kind of one of those things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I know which one you're talking about. The one all about like Oxycontin. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I'm I'm into this. I'm excited. Yeah, he's great. They're great. This is a this is a no brainer for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's about he plays a Canadian data consultant who gave the documents to the Guardian. Hmm. So this maybe seems like it's going to be how like the story got started kind of thing which kind of reminds me of oh what's that one that had uh like Rachel McAdams about the catholic priests oh yeah 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 and that cast where it was like kind of how they developed the story and then got it going mm-hmm. if they kind of do it that way I mean that's I'm alright with that yeah I'm so, already all in on this anyway so. yeah yeah, I think that's definitely a story that deserves this treatment. So, yeah, it looks like that's about it for news. Yeah. So what did we watch? Watch some Loki. 
Yeah, I got one episode left. So I've watched up to episode three. So I think I have two left? Yeah, I think there's five or six. Yeah. So what are you thinking? A handful I, li- in? I like it. I'm really into it. I think it's really good. I personally, and I've gotten flack for this, I kind of liked Falcon and Winter Soldier a little bit more. Me too. But I like Loki more than I liked WandaVision. And see, I'm opposite. I, I like WandaVision way more. I actually think I like these shows kind of in the order they came out, in my mind, but... Okay, fair I, enough. I still think it's very good. I, I'm still having a good time with it. Like, I, that whole TVA business, like that whole kind of set yeah. piece and storyline, I think is super cool. Oh, wait till you get into, like, I think it's episode four, when yeah. you start realizing, like, what's happening. It's yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah, like I watched, I think it was the third episode last night, and like it seems like it's starting to kind of like find its legs now. Yeah. Like kind of the first few episodes was like, okay, this is what's happening, here are the characters, and then now it seems like, okay, we're going to get into the thick of the plot kind of thing. So Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then, I, won't, I won't spoil it, but it definitely does get more interesting and more intense. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Because so. yeah, that, that whole TVA stuff I think is super fascinating. It's like this old kind of like fucking office space that just manages all the fucking timelines. I think that's yeah. cool as shit. Yeah, it's pretty so, nifty. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the uh, uh, other Loki, like that they're doing a bunch of Lokis. I'm not on board with that yet. Uh, I don't mind it. I, like, it's... It, the people playing them are fine. Like, the girl, but I was just... I don't know, like, I'm like, okay. Like, I need, I need to... I need something that this villain has to do. Because, like, they haven't really set up what they're doing yet. And maybe you'll, that's... You'll get there. Yeah, okay, so that's what I figured. I think it's just like that early thing of like, okay, where is this going, right? You'll get your resolution. Don't okay. worry. Yeah, I think that's just what I'm waiting for, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that show's solid. Like, it's it's more of those Marvel shows. Yeah. And they look and sound great. Like, yeah. you said it before, the budgets they get are awesome. Yeah, the production value is, is very top tier. Like, it's kind of amazing to see those shows with their budget and then look at, like, something like the CW that has, like, stupid-ass fucking costumes and shit and really bad fucking CGI. Yeah. Like, it's, like, kind of to see, you kind of see where their priorities are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, Loki's cool. I, I'm looking forward to binging a few more of those episodes. Yeah, well, by the next time we fucking sit down and talk, this show should be done so we can go into some detail there. Have they said how many episodes it is? Five or six. I want to say six. Yes, six. Oh yeah, and there's five out right now, so there's only one more. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. I thought it was longer than that. Was Falcon and the Winter Soldier only six, too? Yeah. Yeah. I think WandaVision was eight. That's right. That's right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for Loki. Yeah, well, like I said, like after the net, the final episode comes out, we both catch up on it, then we can go into some detail about everything there. For sure. Uh, I watched Big Brother, but okay. I don't have a whole lot to say because they've only did the premiere episode, so the the second episode airs tonight. Okay. So I'm hoping it's going to be a good season. It doesn't look like they're pushing hard on any sort of propaganda fucking bullshit this season like they kind of did last year. What did they do last year? I remember you talking about it, but I've completely forgot. It was just a whole lot of like, I'm not here to win Big Brother oh, for me. Right. I'm here to win Big Brother for everyone like me. And like, oh, right, right. It, it just seemed like they 
dove hard on their casting for like someone that took a political stance. Like it just last season felt a little too political and a little too uh, progressively directed. And this season it feels like, okay, it's just big brother. It's just a fucking group of people that are here to play a game that are here to compete that are here to try and win. Okay. I, I, I want to get back into big brother because when it's good, it's, it's enjoyable. Like when you get a good cast that is like cutthroat and willing to like absolutely fuck people over and lie straight to their face and do like crazy, like, okay, I'm going to like get this person on board and not tell this person and then tell this person. And then like when that stuff is done, well, it's an entertaining show, but it's been a while since I've seen that. Well, I, I think this season is, is going to be like that again. And the overarching theme of this show is like, they call it like the, Big Brother Beach House or something, some shit like that. But like the overarching theme is like this whole season's going to be heavily, is going to be heavily tied into gamble and risk. Oh, so like okay. right off the hop, like as soon as they all went into the house, they played a competition. Okay, and like the winning team or whatever was guaranteed safety. And right off the hop, they're like, okay, so here's the thing: you're guaranteed safety this week, but we have this like really small square board. That looks like a craps table. And in front of you are two giant foam dice. We'll give you 40 seconds. If you can throw these two dice onto the table and they both land on the table and stay on the table, then it's double or nothing. You get two weeks of safety or you don't get any safety. Okay. And they're like, it's up to you. You can keep your one week or you can go double or nothing to try and get two. So it seems like this season there's going to be a lot of shit that happens where it's like, Hey, you won this, but you could win more if you're willing to kind of fucking gamble a little. So I think it's I think it's going to make for a very entertaining season. So when they do like the double down, like you could be safe for two weeks if they miss that shot. Or are they not safe at all? No. So like in this scenario, they were they already won one week of safety. They okay. Couldn't... So then, what's the downside of not throwing? Then there's got to be a downside. You well, so you can throw. So if, yeah. yeah, if if you don't do it you're not safe anymore. You lose that week of safety. That's the downside. Oh, you lose the original week of safety? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. The double or nothing. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking like you were saying like, oh no, they keep the week and I was like, oh, it's a no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There's no risk in that then. That's, yeah. it's, so in this case, it's double or nothing. You can okay. either win this like mini competition and you get two weeks of safety, but if you don't win it, then you lose your week of safety and you, you could be put up for eviction. Right. Okay, so being that Big Brother only has so only one episode is aired. Yeah. Maybe this is the time I get back on board with Big Brother, and then Maybe. we just and then we'll inevitably turn this into a Big Brother podcast. You very well could. <laughs> the second episode airs tonight, but there's only one episode out so far. Right. Is they what? Don't they do like three or four a week or something like that? Uh, they will go back to that schedule. This first one they did like the premiere on Wednesday, and then. The second episode airs tonight, and then they're going back to their Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday schedule. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe I will check that out. Are the mm-hmm. like are the cast of people decent? Like, yes. do they seem like good personalities? So, and so stuff? far, I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. So far, looking at the cast, like it looks like you got your funny guy, you got your nerdy person, you got your. The one guy like, that's way too old that gets voted out the first week. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it seems like it's a good fucking mixture of people. I think it's going to make for a pretty dramatic season. Okay. 
maybe I will check it out. I don't think I've watched Big Brother in a few years. Oh, still one of my favorite shows of all time. But I do remember, like, when I was into it, like, we'd be texting back and forth about shit that was happening. Mm. It's going to yeah. be a good one. I have faith. I have faith that this is going to be a good season. Yeah. Because when that show's good and you get into it, like, it's, like, you go on the subreddit and it's like, okay, give me a summary of the live feed last night. Mm-hmm. Anything interesting happen? You know, it's like. Yeah. When that show's good, it's good. All right. So I watched some stuff. Yeah, you did. So I checked out that uh, Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt on Amazon. Yeah, I've heard uh, not super great things about it. I had a real good time with it. It's a really good, dumb popcorn action movie. Like, like a summer action movie. Um, with actually kind of a cool plot. Yeah? So the plot is like, essentially, um, years into the future... Humanity is like fighting aliens, and humanity is losing, so they're running out of people to fight, or like people to recruit to fight. So they okay. basically make this kind of ghetto time travel thing out of like kind of scrapped alien technology that they don't really understand how it works. They're like, all right, we need to go back in time to recruit a bunch of people to fight in the future. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, but also kind of dumb. Uh, mm. But it makes for a good action movie. Okay. Uh, so they like send a message back in time, and it's like, yo, this is what happening is happening. Like, if you don't help us, like all your kids are going to be fucked because um, we're losing. So they kind of send this back, and then if you get recruited, you get like told to go fight in the future, uh, essentially. And so like you have this ensemble of people that is like people that don't deserve to be fighting. Like there is like people that work office jobs and are chefs and stuff and they get recruited into the army and then have to like go into the future and well, like the whole like the plot is cool but it's also really dumb okay. uh, kind of like what you would want out of like a summer action blockbuster um, okay. and so yeah it's it's about how like Chris Pratt goes into the future to try to s- stop this alien war and fight it and then they figure out how, what they need to do to stop it and I've I won't spoil anything in case you want to watch it or whatever, but but yeah, like it, it's it's got a lot of really cool set pieces, like action set pieces and stuff like that, and there's actually some decent plot stuff. Some of it's real dumb, but there's also some like decent stuff in there, and like it's just a really fun like summer popcorn blockbuster. That's I think the best way to describe it. Like I don't think I saw a single person reload in that movie, and it was fantastic. Because you see Chris Pratt running, and he's just holding the trigger of this machine gun for like two minutes. It's like, all right, that's the type of action movie we got. Okay, cool. So, yeah. well, it is like, on, it is on my list. I was gonna yeah. watch it a while ago, but it wasn't released yet. And I was like, oh fuck, it's not even out yet. Yeah. So it's like, like if you're going into it expecting like some deep sci-fi plot, like that's that's totally not what it is. But I think if you go in with you the expectations of like, hey, this is like a dumb action kind of summer tent pool movie. You go in with that mentality. I think it's a really good time. Hmm. Okay. That's what I went into. I was like, I, I want to see Chris Pratt fight some fucking aliens and I want to see some cool action set pieces and laugh at some dumb shit that happens. And I did. And I thought for that, it was actually really good. So. Yeah. All right. Good to know. 
And then I checked out uh, that Mosquito Coast show on Apple. Also been on my list there. That show was really good. Yeah, my parents really got into it and quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So, like, as we've been talking about how we're slowly changing our tune with Apple as we watch more of it, which is kind of funny given how much we've shit on it. But, but yeah, I checked it out and it's actually really good. It's like seven episodes, I think. Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right. I don't know if they're planning to do another season of it or not. Kind of curious. Because they kind of end it where they could do it or they could not. Yeah, that I'm I'm not sure. Okay, so they have greenlit a season two. Okay. So But uh, so do you know like the plot of it? I don't not not really, no. Okay. So like the whole plot is like Justin Thoreau plays like like an inventor kind of guy. Like kind of quacky inventor almost. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of opens up where he's living like off the grid with his family. Um and like they don't have cell phones or anything like that. Um And so they're like kind of living in this off-grid place, doing all this kind of sketchy stuff. And then like the first episode kind of opens with that. And then it kind of goes into like one of his kids gets a hold of a cell phone and is like talking with some people. And then all of a sudden, uh, like, I don't know if it's the CIA, it's like one of the like, maybe it's the NSA basically like show up and he's like, oh shit, we got to go. Like, we're done here. Uh, so yeah. it kind of plays into, like, okay, he's this guy that is living off the grid that maybe kind of worked for the government or did something and they're hunting him kind of thing. Okay. So it kind of goes into, like, that, and then it's kind of a story about how they're on the run. And hmm. it's, uh, the show's kind of, like, all about them on the run and kind of it has a really interesting dynamic between, like, him totally being on board with like living off the grid and being on the run and like his family and kids also don't want to be on the run. So they're also trying to like find a way to get away from him, Yeah, but he's not really letting them because stuff keeps working. So it's, it's really good. It's like a solid kind of character driven kind of story about the student, his family. Okay. Well, maybe I'll bump that up the list here. I like Justin Thoreau, so. Yeah. I think it's only, it's short. I think it's like seven episodes. Yeah, I know there's not a mu- not much. That's it, because it was shorter than I thought. It's only seven, seven episodes, so. Mm-hmm. It's all, like, definitely worth worth a watch. And, and like, we are talking about Apple is actually, like, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, really coming out of the gates here. Yeah. I think it just took us a while to actually get in but and then I checked out so Netflix show Atypical yeah I've seen it in passing but it never really piqued my interest yeah so it's a show basically about um, a guy who has oh shit what is it I can't remember what the mental disorder is or something which is terrible that I'm not remembering it but Autism. anyway yes yes um it's basically a show about this guy that has autism that is kind of graduating high school. And it's kind of like one of those like comedy feel good shows about okay. like this kid navigating high school and like going to college and trying to figure out his life. Okay. Um, 
and so yeah it's basically about him and his family um it's actually it's just kind of a nice like wholesome comedy show if you're into those where it's like it's got some Mm. laughs it's got some drama it's got some feels you know it's kind of one of those right okay okay so it's like it very much if you're in the mood for one of those shows right it's a very well done show um of that and it's got a good cast like jennifer jason lee is in it um another dude that i recognize but i don't remember his name michael something okay um but yeah like it's like it's not an amazing show it's not a bad show but it's like one of those kind of laugh a little bit have some feels laugh some more have some more feels kind of shows yeah so like i find those shows like when i'm in the mood for them and they're well done like they're a nice watch right yeah so and it's um and season four is their last season and i actually think that like for a show like that they actually had like a really nice kind of like we're going to resolve all these characters by the end of it in a really like heartwarming way right Mm -hmm. so so yeah it was good Hey, a show a show by Netflix that actually got to finish. Yeah, how about that? Like, who did they bribe? <laughs> but, but yeah, like it's if you're in the mood for one of those shows, it's a very well done one of those. So, yeah. All right. Well, tell me about Fear Street because this has been popping up on my feed, and I've been super fucking curious. This movie fucking slaps. It is amazing. Is it? Yeah, I had a fucking amazing time with this really because yeah. i see there's three fucking parts out uh, there's two right now so netflix did a thing where it was last friday or the friday before that they announced they dropped part one 1994 and then last friday they dropped part two which is 1984 right and then there's a third one that comes out this friday and they 1666. all kind of yeah and they all kind of tie together and this is all netflix yeah this is netflix Okay. Um, and yeah, this movie's fucking awesome. Like it is campy horror, uh, done like incredibly good. So like, if you like kind of like that campy, like, oh, what was that one with Chris Hemsworth? Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. So if you like that kind of campy horror, where it's just Which like, I loved that movie. Yes, and I love like campy teenage action horror. It is definitely that. Um, so the first movie, 1994 is kind of like the campy, like small town horror. Yeah. It's like teenagers partying, which I, is a great time. Um, like it, like it opens up with like kids working late at a mall and then some dudes fucking stabbing them with a skull mask kind of thing. Yeah. And it kind of just goes down this road of like super campy action, like dumbass teen plot. How do we kill these things killing us? Yeah. Kind of thing where it's like, oh, that, that didn't work. But yeah, that's a campy horror thing that'll work, sure. Um, and it's done very well. And it's like, it's bloody. Like, they're not holding back on that. Um, it's cool. It's really cool. Okay. I, and then at the end of it, they were like, hey, stay tuned for part two. And it's like the camp stuff that's happening. Ooh. Which is like even more like that's my favorite like sub teen horror campy stuff is like oh we're at a summer camp and some dudes coming out of the lake. So they're doing that part which I'm going to watch that tonight because I watched that first one last night and I was like holy shit this is amazing. Okay well that just I'll bump that right up my list there because <laughs> yeah. it looked interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, like if you like that campy horror style, which I fucking love, you'll like it. Okay, good to know. Because that was my favorite. Was I uh, can't remember what season of American Horror Story did that. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. I'm pretty sure yeah. that was the last season. Yeah, which I, I fucking love that. Like it's just campy horror, right? Like they, in the preview, they show the the kind of camp where it's like the older teenagers are just like banging on a desk at the camp and then all of a sudden like a knife goes through one of their backs and it's like okay yeah this is the dumb campy horror of mm-hmm. fucking stupid shit like that so it's yeah it's cool hmm. all right maybe I i'll went, watch one of those today yeah i went in with like no expectations and then like as soon as the first kind of like 10 minutes happened i was like okay this is like that stupid teen campy horror i'm totally down for right so yeah it's cool. Okay, so, then. So, what the fuck is Sour Grapes? Uh, it is a fucking documentary. Okay. About a dude in California who okay. has an amazing palate for wine. Okay. He's like a young Asian kid. Shouldn't say kid, because he's an adult. He's drinking wine. But he's he's a young guy, and he just has this, like amazing palette for fine wine like he's like a real wine connoisseur like the kind of guy that can go there taste a wine and tell you what kind of wine it is what all the tones are what year it is like he's just like a fucking wine savant okay so he gets in with all these rich people who collect wine and consider themselves to be wine snobs and then eventually what he starts doing and he goes hey i know what this wine does taste like or i know what this very rare wine should taste like based on its region and all that shit. And he starts making fake fucking wine oh, and, and re-bottling okay. it. So like, there's like, you know, this one wine that like George Jefferson fucking made and there's only like eight bottles in existence or whatever. He would figure out what it's supposed to be, what it should taste like given its age and its year and all that other shit. And he would mix these wines together to replicate that taste. And then, age labels and melt special cork seals to replicate what the bottle looks like and then turn around and sell these at auction for like a million dollars a bottle kind of thing oh shit this reminds me of uh did you watch the murder mormon one on netflix yeah yeah kind of like how that guy was making all these fake mormon documents yeah Yeah. no yeah it's exactly the same thing but with a (laughs) dude who does it with fucking wine okay i kind of want to check that out now and it was just it was just super interesting because like they eventually like go into this guy's house and it's just like drawer after drawer full of like fucking wine labels and he's like aging paper and aging labels and he's got special sealers and he's got like formulas written all over fucking bottles and on oh, the shit. walls and like I can't remember I'd have to go back and rewatch it but that like at one point in the movie they like estimate like how much wine he's faked. And like how much money he's made off of basically counterfeit fucking rare wine. And it was like millions and millions of dollars. Oh shit. Yeah. Huh. They like interview like this one dude who's got like a wine cellar that's bigger than my fucking house. Like just this guy's fucking wine cellar, man. Jesus. And he bought something like four or five million dollars worth of fucking fake wine off this guy. Fuck. Yeah. So it was just, it was, I don't know. Like, I know we're both into these, like, weird fucking interesting documentaries, and yeah. I heard I heard it on, like, the Joe Rogan experience he was talking about it once with a guy when they were talking about wines, and I was like, alright, all right, I'll fucking 
I'll uh, I'll find this and I'll watch it and and sure shit yeah it was pretty fascinating like it's just <laughs> miraculous like I couldn't if you put like eight bit different bottles of wine in front of me and like put a blindfold on me I probably couldn't tell you what the difference between a red and a white is and right. this guy has the ability to be like mm, it has earthy tones I have a taste of nut and it is definitely from the fucking Italian region of blah, blah, blah. I'm guessing it was made in fucking 1987. It's probably this vineyard. And like, he's just like that fucking good. So is he that good or is he just that good of a con artist? He's that good and oh, okay. that good of a con artist. He's okay. fucking, he's both. All right. Hey, yeah. if you got a skill, use it. <laughs> yeah. And he, he fucking did. And it's just crazy. Just huh. When you see his operation and all that shit, you're like, holy shit. Crazy. Uh, actually, he didn't really have me in the first half of that pitch, but now you got me. I kind of want you to get out. Yeah, yeah it, it seems it was, all right. It was good. I was like, damn, 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 damn. All right. Yeah. Is that a series or just a film? Just a one-off, like, 80-minute oh, okay. documentary. Okay. Hmm. I will check mm -hmm. that out. Yeah, it was good. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's really all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. That uh American Horror Stories is coming out like Wednesday. I know, not soon enough. Except they're I don't think they're not dropping it all at once, which sucks. But Yeah, I think it's gonna be a like a weekly thing, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm still very much excited to see what that is. Because it's anthology each episode, right? Yeah. So Yeah, I'm really I want more American Horror Story. Yeah, I can't wait. Hopefully this tides me over till the actual season starts. Wasn't the actual season like August or something? I think so. Let's see. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's not too far away. Okay, so here's the good news. The week after the last episode of American Horror Stories is the first episode of American Horror Story. Okay, so I got some American Horror to like tide me over every week until the real season. Yeah, which I bet that was totally their plan. It's like, hey, here's this anthology little short story thing mm -hmm. and then after this is done here's the new season which yeah fuck yeah yeah i'm just dying for american horror story i like i just yeah. want it right now yeah i'm i'm curious with that because with the stories one like if that is straight up just gonna be standalone anthology things or or if he's going to tie those somehow into other shit. Like, you got to think he's going to tie it in somehow. I think maybe they'll take place in the same universe and there'll be little nods, but I don't think it's going to directly tie in with the rest of the stories like the other ones have. Okay. So kind of like how he's done some of it, or it's like a here's a nod and wink. Yeah. And if I want to pull on it, I can, but if, yeah. I'm, if not, whatever. That's, that's the impression I got, but I mean, I guess we won't really know until it happens. Yeah. The first two episodes are based on Rubber Woman. Which, mm -hmm. uh, th that's been a character, right? Rubber Man was a character. Oh, right. Now right. they're doing the female version of it. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything else coming out. It's like super exciting. No, I'm going to go see the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard in theaters tomorrow. That'll be my oh. first foray back into the theater. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty excited about that. I never watched the first one of that. What? It was fucking uh, good, man. It is was it? funny. Hmm. Funny fucking action, man. I mean, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. I uh, mean, it's just a fucking fair win. Fair enough. Oh, that new Space Jam movie comes out on Tuesday. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to wreck the nostalgia I have for the first one to watch LeBron James do it, but that's what I struggle with is like that first one is so like nostalgic that it's like I how can the new one live up to that? And I I had that fear with Aladdin, with the live action Aladdin because I love the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I actually loved the live action too. I actually thought it was a really good ad, like adaptation. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna wait and mull it over. We'll see. Yeah. Other than that, not really much is coming out. Other than that, last Fear Street movie. Yeah. I'm now which, all of a sudden really excited to put those movies. Yeah, well, I'm gonna check out that first one at some point in the next day or two here. That's good. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this one. Yeah. If you have any questions or anything, feel free to shoot us an email at tuningthroughthestatic@gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Later.